We're going to jump into this passage, Hebrews chapter three. We're going to read just two verses today, and then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the idea. And this is kind of what I've entitled the sermon together today: is just a better together. That that we are in this journey together. Now we've been in a season uh, over the last six months now, seven months, whatever it is, where we've been in isolation. We've been in quarantine. We've been wearing masks. We've been hiding. We've been keeping away from people. We've been, listen, how many times in the last six months, like, I got to be honest, I'm a germaphobe, okay? So I just, right up front, I'm a germaphobe. It has been wonderful in the last six months that you really haven't had to shake hands with anybody. Isn't it nice? Now, I know that's not a good Christian thing to say, but I got to be honest with you, I'm a germaphobe. And so we have been isolated from one another over the last six months. But in the middle of isolation, here's what naturally happens, what is naturally taking place in our journey. But forget virus, forget COVID, forget coronavirus, all that stuff. We naturally withdraw from people. We naturally isolate. We naturally want to be on our own. And let me just tell you what that does. That destroys spiritual growth. And so that's what we're going to talk about together today. Better together. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Simply says this. Watch out, brothers. And I'll just say this right now. Watch out, sisters. We'll put both of them in there. Watch out, brothers. Watch out, sisters. So that there there won't be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that departs from the living God. But encourage each other daily while it is still called today. So that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. Now, here's what we want to talk about. Here's what we want to understand today. That in this journey that we're on, this thing called our faith journey, this walk that we're all on, and experiencing what God has for us and growing in our faith, here's the one underlying truth that you must understand. None of us can do this on our own. None of us can do this by ourselves. Now... Can you say, well, somebody, can they live up on a mountainside somewhere out in, in the Himalayas where they're not, you know, within hundreds of miles of anyone? And can they actually have a relationship with Christ and grow in their faith? Of course they can. But here's what I would tell you. It would be far easier if they could actually have people alongside in the journey. It's important that we recognize isolation is the enemy of spiritual growth. And so that's what this passage is kind of hitting on, talking about here. Uh, The writer is writing to people who were kind of waffling back and forth between walking away from their faith and and falling back into Judaism rather than than staying with this new incredible idea of Christianity that, that God gave His Son Jesus and Jesus died on the cross for their sins as the ultimate, the one and for all sacrifice for our sins that He was buried in three days later rose again to give us life and that that would be the the gift that we need, the experience that we need to have relationship, a presence with God. And you see these people were, were starting to waffle on that. And they were waffling on that because of the pressures around them. They were waffling on that because of the, the influences that, that, that constantly were, were hitting them as a barrage of influence to, to walk away from this newfound idea that Jesus is exactly who He said that He is. And so the writer of Hebrews writes these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to make sure that they had spiritual awareness in an ungodly world. Now listen, understand something. This was written 2,000 years ago. The same thing is true today. That if we're going to experience the kind of growth that God intends for us to have, if we're going to experience 
a, a spiritual depth in our journey so that we could actually become mature in our faith. We can actually become all that God intends for us to become. There must be a spiritual awareness in an ungodly world because listen to me, everything that is out there today is pulling you away from truth. Everything that is out there today is pulling you away from what's real. Go back in this passage in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, the first part of that verse. Watch out, brothers and sisters, it says, so that there won't be any, uh, in any of you an evil and an unbelieving heart. Now listen, understand this, and I, I hope you kind of grab a hold of this truth. We are living in a dangerous time. Now I'm not talking about a dangerous time because of a virus. I'm not talking about a dangerous time because of, of wars that are going on. I'm not talking about a dangerous time in a political climate. I'm not talking about a dangerous time and in, in the, the division that's constantly going on and, and the, the anger that it seems to be so prevalent. I'm not talking about those things. Those things are all true. Here's what I'm talking about. We're living in a dangerous time because the truth of God's Word is under attack. Because Christianity is under attack. Our spiritual journey is under attack, and it's under attack in every realm, in every corner, in every situation, every single day. When you woke up this morning, make no mistake, Satan has a plan to destroy your spiritual walk. Today, on Sunday, when you got up early this morning and you made your way to come to church, to sit here and gather with God's people, to study God's Word, to lift your voices in worship, to get engaged and involved in, in Sunday school, life classes, life groups, well, whatever that might look like, make no mistake, the more committed you are in your journey, the more attack is going to come your way. And so when we recognize that, when we understand that truth, when we grab a hold of that concept, it, it, it underscores the importance that we must have spiritual awareness, that we have to have a, 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 a commitment to spiritual growth because it doesn't come simply naturally. Apathy towards, in, uh, towards this Christian walk or, or ignorance of God's Word will always lead us to drift away from God. To drift away from truth, to drift away, make no mistake, from the church. All of us in this room know people that were once engaged in, in their faith, they were, were, were committed to being a part of a local church, a, a local body of believers. They were committed in, in being a part of the body of Christ. We, we all know people who once were like all in, as Scott talked about last week, but yet today we look at them and we see that they're either all out or they're slowly heading that direction. Do you know somebody like that? Because I know lots of people like that. I know lots of people that are in that journey, in that situation where they're, they're constantly drifting, drifting away because when we don't have that, that commitment, that strong commitment towards spiritual growth, when we don't have that, that, that desire to go deeper in our faith journey, it naturally leads us to the point where we just turn negative thoughts into our Christianity, where we begin to realize we can do this on our own, that we can figure this out all by ourselves. Last Sunday, I was out in California. Sherry and I are, are moving her, her parents uh, from San Francisco back to, uh, not back to, but to Lynchburg to come and, and live here so they can be close to family and close to all of us. And, and so I was sitting there watching Scott preach last week. And didn't Scott do a great job last week, by the way? 
I mean, just an awesome job that Scott did. And I was listening to the, 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 the sermon that he delivered last week and talking about Elijah and Elisha. And he talked about how that idea that when Elijah called Elisha, when God put that call on Elisha's life, he just like, man, I'm all in. Like he was ready to go. It was like no question, no doubts. There was no, no wavering. There was no apathy. There was no like stuttering. It was just like in, in, in. Let's go. Here's the problem. If Elisha had made that commitment, had made that statement, I am all in, and then began walking towards and, and running after the things that God called them to do, and then a little bit further down the road decided to isolate himself, decided to, to, to start being influenced by the culture, which by the way, the culture that Elisha was in is the same kind of culture that we're in. It naturally pulls us away from God. If he did not stay committed in his walk with God, guess what would have happened? We wouldn't be talking about Elisha thousands of years later, would we? We wouldn't be talking about that story. We wouldn't be talking about that journey. And unfortunately, there are so many people within the body of Christ, within the church today, that are starting out with incredible opportunities and an an incredible uh, potential to change the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But because they are not fully committed to God's plan, their stories quickly burn out. The stories quickly drop by the wayside, and they miss out on so much. So there has to be a spiritual depth. There has to be a spiritual awareness in an ungodly world, because if there's not, if there's not a a 100% full commitment, the all-in commitment that Scott talked about last week, if there is not that, here's what happens. What naturally happens is a breaking away from God. Look what it says in the the last part of verse 12. Again, it said, watch out, brothers, so that there won't be in, any, in you uh, any of an evil, unbelieving heart. And here's the last part of that verse says, that departs from the living God. You see, a lack of intentionality as it relates to our walk with God will naturally drift us and push us away. Have you ever been driving down the road, like maybe on the highway, going on you know, 65, 70 miles an hour, you're sitting there, you're holding on to the wheel, and then all of a sudden, you just decide, I'm going to just take my hands off the wheel and just see what happens. Let me just ask you a question. Does the car stay in the lane? No. It naturally will pull one way or the other. And I mean, it just, you can count on it. When my kids were smaller, uh, we'd be driving along and sometimes I'd play games with them where I would sit there, be driving down the road and they'd be sitting in the back seat, they'd be watching and maybe sometimes they're watching that TV screen, you know, that's in the back of the cars that we have today, which we didn't have when we were kids. Isn't that awful? I just said, Mike, our kids are so spoiled. I mean, it's incredible. When I was a kid, the only thing that I had to do was talk to my parents and look out the window. How awful was that? But so my kids would sit in the back of the car. And so we're driving along. And sometimes I would just take my hands off the wheel and just see how long it took them to notice that no one was driving the car. And I remember Natalie, when she was a little kid and I would do that, man, she would start screaming. And there were times she actually started crying because she thought that we were going to, you know, run off the road and end up in, you know, out in the woods somewhere. We're going to have a wreck. She just assumed that was going to happen. Why? Because every time you take your hands off the wheel of a car when you're driving down the road, it will not always stay in the lane. The same thing is true in your spiritual journey. A lack of intentionality in your faith, a lack of intentionality in your walk with God will naturally drift you to the right or to the left. And I'm not talking about political right or political left. What I'm talking about is getting you off the road and getting you into what will naturally end up as a crash. We see it all the time. Humans 
are not naturally inclined towards righteousness. Our human nature, we have a sinful nature, and we're not naturally designed or, or, or created because of that original sin, because of that sin that, that draws us away from God. We will not stay in the lane. And so what happens is when we don't have that desire for that spiritual awareness, we will naturally drift right or left, and we will end up in a place that we should not be in. And we see that story happen over and over and over again. So what is the, the, the answer to that? Well, what is the fix for that? Well, it's having an understanding, accepting the truth, accepting the fact that we, in our walk with God and the body of Christ, we are better together than we are on our own. Look what it says in the next verse, verse 13. But encourage each other daily. While it is still called today, so that none of you is hardened by sin, sin's deception. In other words, that statement there, encourage, is the, the, the idea of like exhort one another. It's parakaleo. It's literally the idea is, is to call to one side. And so this passage says, so, so here's what you do. Like you know the world out there is messed up. You know it's going to constantly pull you in the wrong direction. So, so here's what you do. You have to exhort, you have to encourage one another, or and the translation there in the original Greek is you have to call to one side. So in other words, you need to call out that you want someone standing right by your side. Why? Because we're better together. Why? Because we know that in this journey that, that we'll mess up if we do it all by ourselves. We know that, that we need strength or strength in numbers. And so it says, encourage each other daily, stand together. And that word daily is important. Here's what it does. It reflects urgency. It reflects how very important it is that we don't just wait till Sunday to be encouraged in our faith. We got to do it every single day. Every single day we need to be in God's Word. Every single day we need to be spending time in prayer. And every single day we need to be encouraged by the body of Christ. That we need to recognize that we have a responsibility and a duty to one another. That great great faith leader of the past, Corey Tin Boom, said it this way, when a Christian shuns fellowship with other Christian, the devil smiles. When he stops studying the Bible, the devil laughs. When he stops praying, the devil shouts for joy. And you know what's tragic? We see this every single day, don't we? Every single day we see that very thing happen. Gene Getz said it this way, though true Christianity uniquely involves a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it is also a corporate experience. Christians cannot grow spiritually as they ought to in isolation from one another. Guys, we have a duty and a responsibility to stand together, to lock arms together. To recognize that you have a responsibility to me and I have a responsibility to you to help you in your journey and to help you in your faith and for you to help me in my faith because left to our own devices in isolation, we will mess up. How many stories have we heard of followers of Christ who when sin begins to sneak into their minds and into their hearts, when when problems begin to arise in their journey, that they begin to not show up at church as much as they once did, or that they stop showing up at their life group like they once were so faithful to. 
that pretty soon they get out there and they get out into this world that is so dangerous and ends up where they just slowly begin to drift and they slowly begin to move. And pretty soon we see a tragic story of what that looks like when a person has totally fallen away from God's plan. That's why it's so important what we do as the body of Christ in gathering together. Scott mentioned our men's and women's Bible studies together this week. This week we can study God's word together and pray with one another. Our student ministries, I started meeting a couple weeks ago on Wednesday nights. Man, incredible things. You can see some of the pictures here. They're gathering in this room. And these young people that are facing so many incredible things and so many challenging moments in, in their culture and all the things that are constantly a barrage hitting them in every direction, trying to keep them away from walking with God because Satan wants to get the young people of our country. And yet it is so important that we gather together. Why? So that we can grow together and encourage one another to call each other to each of our sides so that we can be together. Guys. That's what God requires. That's what God wants. And that's what each and every one of us in this room have to be committed to. Your spiritual journey is only going to grow if you commit to doing the things that you need to do. Studying God's word, spending time in prayer, connecting with others. Allowing that journey that we have together to be one that we lock arms side by side and that no matter what, we stand with God.